and welcome to the first episode of the NAS Time Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Rockefeller, a.k.a. jrock.912 on Instagram, along with NASCAR Time, a.k.a. Colin Ward, as my co-host today. Folks, we are ready to get started here after a very eventful weekend at Darlington, and now we're heading into Richmond. And uh, it it was definitely a, a big one. You know, at Darlington for the playoffs, an opener is very hectic, not so much like crashing, but it was just playoff contenders just having issues left and right. All Huge implications. Absolutely. But uh, so Darlington, I, I don't know. What did we what did we think of the race? Um, well, personally, uh, I didn't really get to watch the first two stages. Um but I know that they were hectic and I know that they were exciting. I got to, I got to watch the finish. Finish was amazing. We'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, just a crazy race for play drivers. Uh, you know, Michael McDowell was the first time to crash. Uh, I, driver. I'm, I'm not going to lie. That, I, I think he was being really aggressive because I was talking to my girlfriend uh, when the race was going on. We were texting back and forth and I was just sitting there saying like, Oh, you know, this is a uh, like this is this is not so good for Michael McDowell. He was being so aggressive so early on. I, I did not know yeah. what to think about him early on. Like, like let's be obvious. You know, it's it's a front row car. It's not uh-huh. gonna be the best. But I mean, I, I they went out there and tried. You know, I'm, it I'm just, gonna, he was so aggressive so early. He kind of did it to himself. I'm gonna tell you what, Jason. I I think Michael McDowell did himself a favor. Um, because he, he's obviously not going to go anywhere in this playoffs. And the fact that we had so many playoff drivers have trouble and crash Kyle Bush, Chase Elliott, um, Byron all finish, you know, not, not finish the race, all DNF. Um, you know, if, if McDowell didn't crash first, he probably would have finished anywhere from 15th to 12th would probably be either very close to it or above the cut line right now and give him a false sense of hope and then have him go out and be a dart without feathers at Richmond or at Bristol. And I think now that he's below the cut line and seemingly, I mean, it's only 20 points, but I don't think he has much of a chance, especially at two tracks where, I mean, I've never seen Michael McDowell perform well at. Uh, I think he did himself a favor by being the first one to crash out and finishing last for the. Second. He's all he's all right at Bristol. I mean, he he really is. He can be all right. He has a shining moment. I've never seen him do good. Ooh, excuse me, at Richmond, though. But um, I yeah, mean, I know. Like you said, it's uh, only twenty points, though. Like he's he's got two races. If Tyler Reddick, Eric Almarola, possibly Chase Elliott, and then the guys above him, like William Byron, fifteenth, Kyle Busch, fourteenth, and Alex Bowman, thirteenth, have bad days, like he could easily like you know, probably get in, but I just cannot see them doing it, especially with all those, you know, the, the Chevys and the Toyotas, and especially Eric Amarillo being a Ford going to a track this weekend where he was actually fairly successful at uh, in the beginning of the season at Richmond. And Alex Bowman is your previous Richmond winner back in the spring too. That is and, correct. That's and, correct. And just a lot of guys up there who have a shot to win these next two races from uh, 15th to about 10th in points. I mean, the points are still really close right now, but like you said, you know, it's only the first week, you know, we're heading into the second race of the playoffs, you know, 
once Bristol comes around, it's going to be a lot more hectic. I think points are going to be not as tight, but you're going to be having those guys who got to do what they got to do to get it done. Well, yeah. I mean, what if what if Kyle Busch has a bad weekend at Richmond? What's oh yeah, Bristol. I mean, that's what makes this playoffs so much fun. Yeah, it, it it's and honestly, I mean, I could I think I could see Bristol being the race where it's going to be absolutely chaotic. But we saw last year that race was so uneventful until the end with Kevin Harvick and uh, and uh, Kyle Busch there. There was an all right finish, but you know we're going back. I don't remember if we ran the seven fifty package last year. That at, I'm not sure what package. It was I think either, it was the five fifty. It, the, the battle between Bush and Harvick was very exciting to watch because it was, it was a long battle. You know what I mean? And yeah. There's races that are chaotic and then there's races where, you know, seconds just reeling in the leader and he's there, but he can't pass him. It was one of those races and you need one of those every now and then. And I felt like it was that, that was, you know, an uneventful race on paper, but an unappreciated finish. I feel yeah, no, it, I just I just looked it up actually. It, it was the 750 high horse or uh, the 750 uh, low down force package, you know. So we it, the top will be playing a factor like it always does. You know, um, it's going to be a lot more driver uh, who's comfortable up top, who's comfortable on the bottom, who's got the best handling race car off the corners. Because I, I tell you what, I mean, it may be a sim, but on I racing Bristol, man, it's. They don't call it the world's fastest half mile for nothing, especially off turn two and off turn four, man. That wall really comes at you if you get too high or if you don't hit the apex just right on the bottom, depending on mm-hmm. how your car's feeling. But, um, yeah, so we had that early playoff trouble as we talked about guys having issues in the next uh, upcoming weeks. Um, a lot of guys had issues. My favorite driver, Ryan Blaney, lost the damn brakes for the second time this year. Oh, I was so, dis- so disappointed. Yeah, I could not believe it. And I was so pissed off because it's like, you know, we're a team that just won the last two races and we have issues like this. Like, I mean, between Penske at the road courses with having just shitty breaks to it's just them. I mean, Ryan's, I think his left or right front rotor just, just got obliterated at Nashville and yeah. slammed the wall. And then, he was lucky enough to save. I don't know how he kept it off the wall, but he did it. Um, Kyle Busch, we'll talk about his issue here in a moment. But oh, him, what, a, what a day for Kyle Busch, at darling. Him, him having that issue, that's a whole different story. We'll get into it in a second. But not only oh, him, boy. Michael McDowell, like we said, being too aggressive too early. Um, who, oh, Chase Kevin Hart. Chase Kevin Harvard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chase Elliott, that three wide with, uh, I think it was, who was it, Eric Jones? Or was it a... Uh, it was Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell, yeah. I don't know. I always get the 20s confused from last year and this year. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it still was getting Bell used to it, into, even though we're almost done. Yeah, Bell into Elliot, and then uh, yeah, Wallace was in and, there, too. Yeah, and and that was a shame because the nine car was – he was having a top 10 run. And he's, he's solidly good at Darlington. He had a win in the Nationwide Series back in 2014 and all that. I mean, he could have won he last year. Really good you know, and right. he could have won he could have won when we came back on that Wednesday night last year during after the covid uh, uh, pandemic happened and you know, he had a shot, but I don't think he was a winning car, but he had a shot. Uh, Kevin Harvick, I think he had a loose wheel as well and that team he was did, on its did. way to a top 5 run hell. They were leading. Leading. Can you believe I'm shocked to say that they were leading? <laughs> they, they have, I cannot believe that Stuart Haas racing has been so abysmal this year. 
it's just ridiculous. What's gone wrong? What what could have possibly gone wrong to take their performance from winning? I mean, Cole Custer won a race last season. Cole fucking Custer won a race last season, and now they're just absolute absolute trash. Besides Amarola winning at New Hampshire, but Amarola is also extremely good at New Hampshire. I think you can give him a lawnmower and he can find his way into the top 10 there because he's just very good at that track. You know what I mean? I think he's just very good at the flat tracks in general. And I think right. Eric Almarola is a better driver with the 750 than he is on the 550. But, I mean, it's it's Eric Almarola to hit or miss. I mean, the team was doing so poor the whole season up until New Hampshire. I mean, and honestly, let's be honest with ourselves. I think that Eric Almarola got that win solely because of that rain incident in the first 10 laps of that race. I, I just don't oh, think that as far as we're, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased here, but I believe Kyle Bush would have won that race that day. Yeah. I think Truex had a shot, but who knows? You know, it's he was so fast far. Anything can happen. Literally. All, we saw all that. Of anything can happen. All of Gibbs was fast that day. Yeah. They're pretty good on, they're pretty good on the flat tracks. I mean, they're really good at Phoenix. I mean, Kyle is amazing there. So is Denny. And they're I mean, really same Martinsville. Yeah. I mean, they're good everywhere, but let's face it, though. This season, they haven't been the best. I mean, for Christ's sake, Kyle Busch has only got two wins this season. Denny Hamlin just won his first race of the season after uh, having, I think, the second most wins to Kevin Harvick last year. And, I mean, just crazy. Christopher Bell won the Daytona Road Course after a rain caution. Um, And uh, Jurex has three wins this year, but he's – He's kind of just been there. It's not the Martin Church Jr. that we know, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. Hopefully Gibbs can, you know, try to, you know, get their season turned around a bit and focus on what they've always been doing is winning races, winning championships. But Stuart Haas really needs to get on the ball because they are, they are in deep trouble right now, especially with Kevin Harvick right now after his week at uh, Darlington. So we had all that and Kyle Busch probably the hot talk of the garage this week during the off or the, uh, during the weekdays, uh, Bob Pockris and NASCAR came out and reported that Kyle Busch had been fined $50,000 for his, uh, mid race meltdown in the sense after Kyle slammed the wall after making contact with Austin Dillon off turn number two, a few laps after restart, I believe came down pit road, enter the garage area in an area where it was not accessible. I believe hit cones and put uh, not, I would say pedestrians, but race fans, team members and officials and other personnel in danger. I mean, we've seen it before. We see how dangerous pit road can be. Um, uh, Colin, I know you're a Kyle Busch fan. I mean, he's had a lot of meltdowns, but you know, I mean, I think that that may be some of the most reckless driving I've seen by him in a long time after that. I, I agree with you. Let's not forget Kyle Busch has hit somebody going into the garage before. I don't remember, I don't remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He has. I've 2016 seen it. I, Yeah, at, it was like Bristol. a Vegas or something somewhere. I don't remember. 2016 at Bristol after uh Justin Allgaier forgot to hit his brakes and slammed into him. Oh yeah. 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 Kyle Kyle's known for that kind of stuff. I mean, but this is the thing, like, do we really think Kyle Bush deserves like listen, I want you to I want you to be unbiased here mm-hmm. towards your driver. Of Do course. you think Kyle Busch deserved that $50,000? Sure. Because $50,000 to Kyle Busch is like 50 cents to us. It doesn't matter. As long as there's no point penalty there, I, I feel like the message was delivered. But I also feel like Kyle Busch deserved a $50,000 fine when he hit the pace car at New Hampshire too. It's just inconsistency by NASCAR, I feel like. 
Yeah, they've been very inconsistent with their callings. I, I tell you what, too, and I'm going to say this. I think that he should – it's just like when Noah Gregson said fuck last year at Texas after the race. And, and I love that Dale Jr. keeps pointing it out. Why was Dale Jr. fine? I mean, I was a Dale Jr. fan, you know, always the day I die to my grave. But I still don't understand how some of these drivers – like, I, I like that NASCAR is not finding them. But I do agree with Dale Jr. I think it's just really – I mean, especially with Noah Gregson saying the F word. Like, even Dale Jr. was mad about that. It's just Kyle Busch said shit like twice, I think. Like, it's a potty yeah. mouth word. But, you know, still you're not, not supposed yeah. to say that on national television. I think he should have gotten a little fine for that too. I, I agree with you, Jason. And he, you know, he, he, he drove recklessly. He came out. He said shit two times. He deserved some sort of punishment for that. I, I 100% agree. But I do want to ask – I, I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If this was Chase Elliott, does NASCAR find him? Oh, see, now that's 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 tough. Like, I want to say no, but my guts tell me the answer is no. I want to say that they would just because, but I don't think it would be fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I I think I think the short answer is I I think there definitely would have been something said, but but then again, Chase Elliott hasn't had the season Kyle Busch has. Kyle Busch has had an incident with the uh, with the pace car, and I'm sure there were things that Kyle Busch has done. Um, but, you know, we can, we can sit here and complain, oh, Kyle Busch is a jerk, Kyle Busch is this and that, but, I mean, hell, he, he makes it exciting. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not going to say that Kyle Busch doesn't make it exciting. I just think that it was really, like, reckless and stupid of him to do that. Like, listen, I'm not the guy who's wheeling this 3,400-pound race car, neither are you. We all have feelings. We all have emotions. I get that. We've seen Kyle Busch do way worse things which I'm sorry, but the worst thing he has ever done was what he did to Ron Hornaday at Texas in 2010. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was, I, I just, even I I was a 12 year old Kyle Busch fan. I was like, what the hell is he? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I was, I was, I was a nine at the time. So it it was, it was definitely something that I was like, wow. Cause like, I just remember those kind of races. Yeah, you're like, you wow, he just did that. Even as a kid, you understand. Like, if you're like one of the regulars who watch, you're like, wow, that just happened. Yeah, like, we've absolutely. seen guys wreck each other under caution, but I have never seen somebody do that like that. But for for seemingly no reason, like if Ron Hornaday actually put him in the wall, he didn't even do anything to him. They exactly. were clearing a lap car. Exactly. They were trying to clear. I mean, if Ron Hornaday literally walled him, flipped him off, and like called his wife a bitch. Then yeah, wreck them under caution like that. But they were literally trying to to pass up that. Bar. I still, how many t- ten years later, I still don't understand that move. But hell, yeah. happened well, you know, about to be twelve years. Yeah. But yeah, I I I agree with NASCAR's call to give him the fine. Um, definitely bad on his part. I mean, but it's Kyle Busch. You know, at the end of the day, he doesn't care. I think he does have an anger yeah. issue, but you know. It is who it is. We're, we're all people. We all make those mistakes. I just think that Kyle Busch tends to not think as much. But like I said, I'm not the man wheeling this 3,400-round race car. Neither are you. But, you know, we all have feelings and emotions, and sometimes they do overcome us like that, like they did with Kyle there. at Darwin. Correct. Correct. Uh, you know, and then I think the punishment fits the crime, although, as I stated before, uh, was it 50,000? Yeah, mean, it was 50,000. This man's a two-time champion. He's won at every track. He's got over 200 wins. He owns his own energy drink company. I mean, he's a multimillionaire. That this is this is nothing to him. So, will he think twice next time? No, probably not. Does he ever? No, he does not. Um, but sure, if NASCAR feels like they should punish him, I. 
punishment. If they gave him a points penalty, especially being below the cut line as he is, uh, probably would have put him in the last seed. I felt I would feel like, and I, you, you know, now that you bring that up, I'm actually shocked they didn't dock it points. Well, yeah, I because mean, they because because I even with the whole like cursing too. I remember when the Dale Jr. thing happened. I'll mention it again. Dale Jr. didn't just get fined; he got docked points. That that literally are you talking cost about it. in 2004. In 2004, when, when after Talladega, yeah, after yeah. he said it don't mean shit. Daddy done one here ten times. Yeah, like that literally made Dale Jr. race more aggressive than he did in Atlanta, and then he ended up wrecking himself trying to gain points. Like he, if he it wasn't for that, well I think Dale Jr. probably would have won that championship. If it was very one well one potty mouth word, literally. So it definitely and agree with that. Back then, NASCAR was a lot less like policing on things like that. It was rough and tumble, yeehaw, you know, racing back then. Nowadays, it's like you know, oh my oh, god, yeah. you you can't you can't curse, you can't do that, you can't. Yeah. So, uh, all right. But now we're gonna talk about the fantastic finish. Honestly, Darlington to me, it was a good race. It had its leaders, but I mean, Larson dominated that race and then Hamlin got by him I think it might have been on a pit stop I don't remember yeah, I was, was on my phone too but <laughs> he ended up catching him and how did he do it he pulled like a NASCAR Thunder 2003 NASCAR 15 wall ride I could not believe that he got to his back bumper off full Kyle Larson did exactly what he needed to do and he gave the fans exactly what they wanted and if anybody has an issue with what Kyle Larson did then then Nat, NASCAR is just not you're good. going for a win I mean oh how yeah are you I mean not how are you not gonna go for it you know absolutely it's playoffs absolutely incredible uh, I'm surprised Larson did it in a way um I feel like he would have just rode rode the high side and, and tried to get what he could um but you know what we we need people to make more moves like that you know Matt Kenseth never would have made that move before hell no you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Kenseth's people. done some ballsy things, but like, I think Larson in his head, I mean, yes, he wanted Darlington. Larson had could have won this race in the spring. He could have won this race a few years ago when he was driving that mellow yellow car. I mean, he well, dominated. Larson could have won every race this season. Yeah, I mean that's true as well. You know, but <laughs> you got to understand too. Think about it like this. Remember when he was really good in 2017 and everybody said, watch him. He's going to contend for this championship. And then we went into, I think it was the round of 12 and he blew, he was so bad. And then it ended his hopes of winning cup series title because I think he blew a, he blew an engine at Kansas. So he knows, he knows in his head, he's like, if I don't go for this, like who knows, like Kyle Larson, I mean, Listen, give or take, I think Larson's going to be safe, but you, but you never know. Larson can go out and finish dead last in the next two weeks. Anything is oh, yeah. possible. I mean, that's what you everybody know? said about I mean, Harvard it's highly year. unlikely based on odds and statistics, but, you know, think Look about it like that. Year. Exactly. Best, best driver. First seed going in. Everyone's saying, oh, easy round of four. Easy round. And that's what they're saying about Larson this season, too. Everyone's saying, oh, Harvick was going to make the round of four. You want me to make that early prediction? Uh, I'm going to go with that early prediction. I don't think Larson makes it to the final four. But but, but with how yeah. they've been this season, I they might. But I'm leaning towards, I think that the domination curse, and I'm going to call it the domination curse. I think the domination curse is going to strike again. And I think Kyle Larson's going to get his ass kicked with the curve after the round of eight. I think Kyle Larson's having a very Jimmy Johnson-like season. I, I almost feel like I'm watching Jimmy Johnson dominate. Uh, week in and week out. Oh yeah, 
it, Johnson used to be really good in the beginning of the season, slump in the summer, and then once the playoffs or chase, whatever you want to call it, came around, then he lit it up. Larson has just been on his game all season. I mean, how many bad races has Kyle Larson had when he hasn't wrecked? You know what I mean? How many races has he had where he finished outside the top 10 because it was just a bad day? I, I, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, other than other than the first one of the season back at Las Vegas in March, I mean, you got to look at it this way, too. Kyle Larson, uh, I mean, he won Watkins Glen a few weeks ago. Yeah. But you got to look at it, too. Kyle Larson, he won he won the All-Star race, which we're not going to count. But he won Sonoma. Then he won Tech – or, uh, yeah, he won at Sonoma. He won the Coke 600. And then he won Nashville Super Speedway. He's got those three wins. Other than that, I mean, he's come close. But if you really look at it, I just don't think that five car is it, – it, they are one of those teams, I feel like now, where they are so good and they cannot close it out. They are like Ryan Blaney times three. You, you either dominate a race or you're there. You contend for it, but you can't close it out. And that's a good point you have there. But at the same time, it's not like Larson is finishing outside the top 10. He oh, yeah. Five almost all the time. And I, that's going to alone will bring him into the into the round of four. Well, yeah, like I like I was saying, you, you can sit here. He can go out there and finish last the next two weeks. I mean, give or take, I think. I, I don't think, you know, that's going to happen. But, like, let's just say, like, he has not last play finishes, but he just has really shitty days the next two the next two weeks. Like, he, let's say he's leading, maybe picks up a few stage points, and he wrecks out in stage two at Richmond. And then going into Bristol, maybe he blows a tire, gets involved in one of those lap car wrecks like Ryan Blaney did almost with Brad Kozlowski years ago. Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. seen it happen at Bristol. It can yeah. happen. And Larson is very good at Bristol, you know? Yeah, and, Larson's good at Bristol, but I also look at that as a wild card race because what you just because what you just brought up. I think that's going to be another one of those crazy races where things are going to happen, things are going to go down. I just don't think it's I don't think it's, it's going to be wild. I think it's going to be cool. But last year, it's just like I feel like everybody was really on their toes, and I really expected a lot more out of it. But I mean, that, that's typically how that first cutoff race is because by that time you kind of oh yeah, and then it goes into a shit show. But yeah, yeah, it was always at Dover. And I'm, I'm sure you always attended that race. Like, I, oh, yeah, I went I went there. For a it was always race. so boring because everybody already knew Chris Bush is out. Uh, you know, Amarola's out. Kurt Bush is out. You know, they, they're already out. So, et cetera, nurse their cars home so they can stay in the position that they're already in. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely an interesting thing. I think that Larson is going to be good. But, you know, he I think he knew what he was doing at Darlington because he probably was thinking in his head like, I may have really bad weeks the next few weeks. Or perfect example right here. It just came to my head. Joey, Lag- Joey Logano, Martinsville, 2018, right? Yeah. He, I think, had a mediocre week the previous week, and then they went to Phoenix, and then he blew a tire. And they said it. If that wasn't for that bump and run and battling, beating and banging in the line with Shurex and Hamlin coming up short – he pro- he would have never made that that final four, sure and it goes have. to show you. That's you right. listen if those wins are in front of you for the from here on out from Richmond all the way to Martinsville, you need to take them. If yeah. you are in a a second lead, you need to get up on the fucking wheel and you need to drive. It is unacceptable if you're not giving it your all. Kyle yeah. Larson proved it 
on Sunday night that he gave it his all. And he said and it, it was, was a video game move. And he almost pulled it off. He almost pulled it off. He got you want I think because I'm pretty sure he got to his right rear and oh, Denny yeah. was gonna pinch him. I think Larson lifted, you know. I think Larson should have stayed in it because I think he would have probably ended up turning Denny or they would have hooked each other into the wall. I just think I, I think Larson bitched out last second, but you if know, Denny was a foot lower on the track, Larson would have had room to to squeeze himself up there. Yeah. And then they probably would have been making contact, beating and banging all the way to the finish. Yeah. It I mean Darlington may be one of the top five greatest tracks that we go to now. You know, it's but and I think that everybody seems to think that like, oh my God, it's such a long race. Like, folks, that race was like all about strategy. Martin Church Jr. had a penalty. If it wasn't for that penalty, that would have been a three-car battle. Maybe even not. Maybe Martin Church Jr. would be out here locked into the next round. Maybe Larson would be, you know, so so and Denny Hamlin would be, you know a little bit above the cut line. I mean, he got, you know, granted, I, I'm pretty sure he won, a, he won stage one and then Larson won stage two, I'm pretty sure. I think that's how it was. I'm not too sure. Uh, but yes, yes. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it was a crazy race strategy-wise. I really liked it at the end and I was like, oh my God, Larson might get him. And he was, oh my God, he was literally it, riding it the wall as if it were a cushion in uh, a big block modified, you know, at a dirt track. So, so much talent. I mean, uh, oh yeah, full amounts of talent to, to stick that car up there. I mean, yeah, he scraped the wall every now and then, but it's Darlington. It's Darlington stripe. Everybody scrapes the wall. Um, yeah. But to scrape the wall and not eat it, to, to just to just tap it, to just kiss it, and keep going, to even go faster. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, he is. Yeah, especially since these cars are so aero-sensitive now compared to with Craven and Bush back in 2003. I oh, mean, yeah. They were oh, beating yeah. the hell out of those cars. I mean, Kirk Bush literally bounced off the wall with like two laps ago. I mean, killed it. If that was Kyle Larson on Sunday and he pounded the wall like Kirk Bush did, Larson would have been done. These cars are just oh, yeah. like – they're just like freaking plastic now. You just you – t- I mean, I have a piece of sheet metal off of a Chris Busher car from Vegas in 2017. I have like a little square of it, but you push in on it. I think I showed oh, yeah. you when you were here uh-huh. uh, a few weeks ago. I got a couple Daytona. pieces of sheet metal too. Yeah. I got, you I push it in, and I mean, it's, yeah. it's literally plastic. It feels Actually, like yeah, perfect, plastic. Perfect example. I got um, Kyle Bush's door from Pocono 2018, I want to say it was. And it actually, like in shipping, it got bent. Yeah, it just goes to show you this the shit metal just bends so much now. That's why the Xfinity cars are by far the best handling race cars when it comes to having damage. Because they have composite bodies. They can take they can take a beating, especially a Darlington. They sure are. Oh yeah. I mean, we I mean we saw that with with Ross Chastain and Denny Hammond last year. Yes. Now, now, epic finish. Epic oh, battle. Oh my god. One of by far one of the greatest battles and probably one of the greatest finishes of the 2010s right there. I want to bring up two things. First of all, speaking of Ross Chastain, theoretically, we go back to Sunday's race. Larson gets to Hamlin's outside. They beat and bang. They crash. Ross Chastain wins. Give a call to Ross Chastain. I don't know what he's found in that 42, but he has. Been- I think Chip Ganassi racing is in general, and it's and it's sad that they're closing the doors. I mean, really Felix Spottis and everybody at that team, 
that's been there since the beginning of that team. You know, they, they ran so well for so many years and they had a really big slump with Jamie McMurray and Juan Pablo. Yeah. So, I mean, give or take McMurray won them a few, a handful of races. He, I mean, he won the Daytona 500, you know, and I'm pretty sure it was his, yeah, it was his first season. We won the Daytona yeah. 500. In his first he season, won right? the bank of America 500 at Charlotte. He won the Brickyard, Brickyard. 400. Yeah. I mean, and, and Montoya had his shining moments. I mean, he won at Watkins Glen, I think, in 2010. And then McMurray won the All-Star Race in 2014. And he won Dagan in 2013. And I th- I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that's it for Chip Ganassi Racing. But so, so on then, uh, Kurt Busch got them their win at Kentucky, then Vegas, now Atlanta. I mean, and Ross Chastain. I mean, oh, and don't forget Kyle Larson, too. You know, I can't believe I'm forgetting Kyle Larson. But he, oh, yeah. Larson is You're nowhere right. near as good in that car today like he is right now in that final. And it just goes to show that that 42 car has had issues for forever. I mean, Juan Pablo is one of the best drivers. To They're ever- not a top team. Whether no, anybody wants to disagree with me or not, you cannot sit here and tell me they are a five-star team. No, they are a four-star team at best. They have been a four-star team for years. Correct. And that's why it's so impressive how, how good Ross Chastain has been. Watch out for him next season in that track house car. Oh, absolutely. And track house has been solid too. I mean, if it's, yeah. I mean, Daniel yeah. Suarez is just making them get up on their feet. They had, I held, they could have won the Bristol dirt. I mean, give or take it's a dirt race, but the fact that they had speed at the first dirt race in years in a race that nobody knew it was going to happen. Everybody expected Larson Bell to be at it, slinging dirt and beating and banging and maybe Chase Briscoe and Alex Bowman in there since they run USAC midgets and, you know, and they, and they all cars. were just trash and they were all bad. They all wrecked. They, they all wrecked. Some of them in the same crash. Yeah. And it's just crazy that they almost did it. So I agree with you. Ross Chastain gets, gets a round of applause from a lot of people. I'm not the biggest Ross Chastain fan, but I'm I'm not I'm not a biased fan. I'm not a biased fan. I know who does what wrong, who does what right. I, I'm not a biased NASCAR fan. I have my opinions, I have my statements that I like to make, but Ross Chastain is a wheel man when he wants to be. He's just way aggressive, way too early. But we need it. We need that aggression. We need, yeah, uh, we need that. We need that. As Kevin Harvick said, he didn't want to go back to the Xfinity Series because of Ross Chastain. Now Ross Chastain's yeah. beating him every week almost. He's, be- he's literally beating him every week. You know? But, yeah, it, it was, Darlington was definitely something. But he's got real quickly. Yeah, I wanted to bring up one more thing. And, and I want to get more into this in future episodes. But just back to, to Larson's performance, it just raises the question. I want to ask you, because I, I heard people – saying this at the beginning of the season and, and then people taking it back. And then I'm not sure where we stand right now. Is Kyle Larson the best driver in the field? Um, I mean, we're going to find out after Phoenix, but Just right now, right, right now, now where we are is right Kyle now. Larson yes, the best absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. He's got the team. He's got the crew chief with Cliff Daniels. And just to think Cliff Daniels was a guy who was out here struggling with Alex Bowman and Jimmy Johnson. And now he's out here winning races yeah. You know, Larson's and he NASCAR. may be the next crew chief to win a championship. And that's crazy to think about. Hank Larson's NASCAR success, his dirt success, everything he does, everything he wins, everything he's been doing. Is Kyle Larson the or one of the best race car drivers in the world? I would not say the best. I think that is a huge, huge overstatement. 
you you got to look at driver. Now, give or take, Larson has been in multiple and various race cars. But when you look at it, I mean, he, he hasn't been in a Formula One car. He has not been Correct, in an Indy yeah. car. But rumor has it right now. He, there's a deal going may, on. He, he may be the Indy 500 or... next year. I think he got the approval, but we'll and have to that's, see. That's kind of where I, I'm raising the question. I want to see how he's going to do in these cars. And hell, I mean, Kyle Larson could very well, you know, be one of the greatest drivers out there. But I agree with everything that you said. I think time's going to tell. But right now, in that in the NASCAR Cup Series, I, I agree. Kyle Larson is the best driver right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you would you would anybody would kill to have Kyle Larson on their team if you're a five star team like Joe Gibbs Racing or Team Penske. Yeah. I just think that Hendrick has found something the last two years though. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, all right. We'll anyways. Next topic, uh, completely different. We are off Darlington. Now we are set along for the future of the sport. Two big topics, uh, two things announced this week. Um, found out uh, from The Athletic and also NASCAR Report, uh, a.k.a. RJ Starcevic on uh, Instagram. Um, found out recently that it's been in talks. We heard that the clash could be moving. And this week we finally got told where it would possibly be. Now, stadium super trucks have ran here in the past, but they are, as we know, an off-road slash, you know, as they're titled, stadium sport, you know, motorsport, mm-hmm. where they do jumps and stuff like that. They're not like NASCAR. Completely different cars. But uh, NASCAR is very heavily rumored right now to be moving the Clash over to the uh, Los Angeles uh, Sports Memorial Coliseum, I believe it's called. Um, and uh, I think it's downtown Los Angeles. Uh, new market opening to NASCAR. We've never been to the LA area. Um, we've been outside of it. I think the closest we've gotten to is Auto Club Speedway. Um, and it's 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 a literally a little bowl. It's just like Bowman Gray Stadium. Um, it, 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 if it is true, if it does happen, I mean, I'm going to share my thoughts here in a second. But you know, it, it's definitely going to be something nutty. You know. But uh, what are your thoughts yeah, I, about it, Colin? I have quite a bit to say about this. Um, first of all, I, I want to say, I think that NASCAR should head more West to those bigger cities. Uh, I don't know what's necessarily out there, but Los Angeles, I think is a great market for NASCAR. I think Seattle would be cool. I don't know what tracks are there, but that area, you know what I mean? I, I think needs a little more exposure to NASCAR. I think all over the country needs a little more exposure to NASCAR, not just like, you know, the, the Southern States. I mean, obviously that's where we originated from yeah, like Northwest and out West completely. Exactly. I, I obviously we have Phoenix, uh, we have Auto Club, we have Sonoma, you know Napa Valley, all that. Um, but I would like to see something in like LA. I would like to see something um, in in Seattle. But obviously, I'm not sure what tracks are out there. They, these are just hypothetical situations. Um, so I like the idea of having something there. Um, but let's talk about the clash, the clash itself, the idea of the clash. You know, the the preseason race. So so we say part of preseason thunder and speed weeks one of the biggest traditions we've been doing for years um i believe that the clash race was always held on the daytona oval as almost a practice race to get drivers uh better acclimated to drafting again and getting ready for the biggest race of their career um obviously it's a no points race you go out there you you balls to the wall you you test the cars to its ability and you go out there and you just have a blast. Then moving the clash to the road course this season completely eliminates that purpose. You know, 
Uh, it's seemingly pointless. It's a pointless race. You know, hooray, NASCAR's back. It's it's the preseason race. It's fun. You know, big, big finish. The leaders crash. Kyle Busch wins. Uh, you know, exciting finish. But what was what was necessarily the point? So now if we move this race to, to Los Angeles in some Coliseum, I, I just do not see the point. And they say that it's a Bowman Gray layout. Well, why don't we just go to Bowman Gray then? Because that's going to get a lot of eyes. Yeah, but you know, though, I, I'm pretty sure the reason why we won't go to Bowman Gray and is because of the, 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 just the seating capacity. you got to realize it's a small town. It's, it's not going to be able to hold a Cup Series event. We already held K&M. We held the Tour Modifieds. We held the Cup Series years ago when NASCAR was just getting up on its feet back in the early, early days of NASCAR. But I, I, as much as I want to go there, we, we literally cannot go there unless there are huge renovations to that place grandstand-wise. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I think the, the class should have never been touched. Uh, I, people love to talk about safety, but if you're going to have the biggest race of the year on day, at Daytona, I mean, no, no driver is going to be going you know, any harder in the clash. Does that make sense? I mean, so, so here, yeah, but like, here's the big question. Do you, do you agree with this? Are you a fan of it? Are you for it? Are you against it? Are you in the middle up on the wire? So what, I'm, what get, I'm getting there. I think the clash itself should just be on the old. Do not, do not take this race to Los to Los Angeles and call it the clash. I personally think we should have a little like look forward to events in the beginning of January, the end of December, we showcase the new car. We we bring, you know, 10 of the best drivers out to, to Los Angeles, this little Coliseum, throw them on there for like 100 laps. But we don't call it the clash. It's just... Yeah, that could work. But I don't, I don't, I don't what, agree what with the, the next gen. Can do. I don't agree with the next gen, you know. And that, that, that's one of the big questions, too, about this, too. People are debating now if... Now, like, like we said, folks... This is just heavily rumored. Now, uh, Clash tickets are being sold at the Daytona Road Course for this upcoming NASCAR 2022 season on Daytona's website, and I believe NASCAR.com. I think it's just Daytona, but they are on pre-order and stuff like that. I know there are people who have already ordered their 2022 Clash tickets, and they are, once again, supposed to be at the Daytona Road Course, as we may all think. Um, it could change. They could refund them, could give them credit, whatever. Um, it's just a rumor, but we're going to stick with this is this is happening. This is what we're thinking in our minds right now. This is happening. Um, and everybody's really questioning right now after it was heavily rumored and all the stuff came uh, started coming out about it and the floodgates opened to all this news and all this, you know, the outlets that were given. Uh, people are wondering, are we going to run the next gen or are we going to give the gen six its last hoorah at a little speed bowl uh on a short track in the middle of los angeles um i i don't know i think i mean <laughs> awkward silence um i i don't know i i say you just race the new car i i personally don't care I think it would be silly to not race the new car because it's, it's the new era. There's no time like now, if you have the car race it. But we only have so many of them though. You got to understand that there's only so few of these because it's a brand new car and costs for it are supposed to be lower, but we're still experimenting. This car isn't even really ready to go yet. 
and I don't see us being why, – why would we take our newly next-generation NASCAR Cup Series Ford Mustang, the Toyota Camry, and the Chevy Camaro next-gen Cup cars to a track where we are on a flat, short oval? I'll that is why. would be considered, if we did run it, the shortest track in NASCAR. Why would we go there and bang up brand new race cars when we have Gen 6 bodies and chassis to go run and tear up shit? Because three weeks later, you're going to race at Daytona where 90% of the field is going to crash anyway and tear up these new cars. But that's a season, though. This is a prelude. And that's why I feel like you don't call it the clash. You do it, you know, a couple weeks before the season and you literally take 10 drivers. You know, do you think Kyle Busch is going to go tear that car up? Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin? Yeah, but it's a fun race. They're going to be told to put on a damn show. I, I still think they're going to wreck. There's no doubt in my mind that they won't wreck, you know? That's true. We, we are here to see a show. I, I, I'm not sure. I want, to, I want to, you know, what's best for the sport, what's best for the teams. Um, so, I, like, I'm not sure. I, all right. Well, I'm going to give my take on this situation. Um, I am, I, I want to say I'm about 90% against it. Um, one, I'm going to go with the positive first before I start talking negative. Um, I like right. the idea of opening up to a market, but you got to understand that this is the week before the Super Bowl. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, it's in between the AFC and NFC championship games and the Super Bowl, but the week of the Super Bowl, yes, it's during the, the dreaded everybody. I'm not even a football guy, but I cannot stand to watch it. The Pro Bowl. We get it. It's boring. Attracts some people. But you got to understand, too, you know, because the Super Bowl is in L.A. this year. And th- that's why I'm pretty sure NASCAR would be looking at that because they see it as an opportunity to open up to new fans, especially with all the crossovers we've been doing with NFL stars coming in and owning teams now and Michael Jordan owning 23 uh, – 11 with Denny, uh, with Denny Hamlin and having Bubba Wallace as the driver, etc. But, you know, I don't see us going to a little Coliseum where it looks so small. And I just, I'm sorry, but I do not think we would be able to get the fans. It's cool. It's a good idea on paper. But if you look at the logistics and you look at everything around it, economically and financially, you're going to be costing these teams so much money to haul their asses, practically their mini portable race shops, across the damn country all the way to LA just so they can tear up some perfectly good race cars and maybe not even sell all the tickets like they want to. And everybody's so hyped about the Super Bowl. It's just, that's all anybody can talk about. And you have, now listen, I'm a traditionalist, but I like change. Everybody wants change when something's wrong. And when we want something better, it's just, I cannot see us going to a racetrack that, is so short and narrow where we are going to tear up everything, not have as many fans as we all think we're going to, but you also got to understand this is not our right market. Possibly we are in the middle of Los Angeles, California, a uh, city and state that is primarily focused on basketball and football. Mm -hmm. And it's just how it is. I mean, a little bit of baseball, you know, they, they have, you know, they have baseball there and everything, you know, but it's just, it's a city where, they want their ball sports. They, I'm sorry, they don't want race cars. And it sounds like a cool idea. It really does. 
I, I want to see it work out. I want to be wrong. I was wrong about the Bristol dirt race. It had its flaws, but it was a fucking fantastic race there at the end. And Denny Hamlin choked it, but not my point. You know, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, what else is new? It's just the, I don't like hauling our, our teams across the country to race at a, however many laps inside of a, a damn bowl. And it may not even go good. It, you know? it certainly seems like one of those things that NASCAR would hype up tremendously and it just be another. Day. Here's what I want. I want Daytona. I would like the road course. Yes. Even though my driver got taken out by an asshole. Sorry, but truth, <laughs> even though he could have cut him a little bit of slack, but chase you, dove it in there. Anyway, we have any viewers. You just piss them all off. <laughs> I don't care. I'm sorry. I'm not, a, I'm not a chase like guy, but anyways, this is what I want. I want the old clinch and I'm not talking, I'm talking Budweiser shootout, 65 laps, winners and chase contenders. No, I want now see it's different now, but I'm going to say it like this because I think qualifying may be coming back, but even if not, you could just do race winners. I don't want chase. So, or the playoffs, sorry. You know, know, I'm just going to go with, I mean, this season race winners, then race, race winners. Then I'm going to go with race winners. I want, the top dogs from the last season. I want the previous race winners from last season, but if we did qualifying, you know, next year, it, you know, and then it could set it up for 2020, uh, sorry, 2023, but we're just going to go with race winners. I want them. I want them randomly gridded, right? I want a random grid start. Yep. I want mm-hmm. them to run 10 laps under green. I want them to throw a caution pit, or whatever they want to do, maybe not even pit at all. I want them to invert the field and run another 10 laps. Or if you want, make it 20 and 20, make it 40 laps, you know, and invert the field. And then the guys who were up at the front leading the pack, now give or take the draft package is way different than what it used to be back in the early 2000s and late 90s and 80s, mm-hmm. you know, and we're totally different generation, totally different cars, but it, it's, it just works. You're taking it's a, it's not supposed to be this huge race. It is supposed to be let's get people hyped up for the Daytona 500, our exactly. biggest race of the year. Let's do it say. just like that. You get what a people- big crowd. You get a dash to the fit. It's practically watching the last stage of a race, but you're on a time limit. It's like oh right. shit, I got 20, 40 laps. However many you want to make it, you know. I mean, for TV viewing, I think it would make sense if it was twenty and twenty. Give the viewers what they want. They want yes. racing. Put them on the oval. You want the fastest guys out there. You want the sports best. Put them out there. That's what the clash should be. That's how the clash should have been done the last twenty so years since we've Jesus. been doing the clash. Like Perfectly said, you know, Perfectly I'm sorry. Said. That's just how it should be. People need to understand that it's not. It is exciting. I would enjoy that. I think everybody would enjoy that. But it's also in preparation for the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. It, know what their what their car is going to draft like in a pack in the heat of the moment i mean yes you get practice you get your your uh 150s or 125s whatever they are but but you need a race where you go out there and it's balls to the wall like you said it's the last stage of a race race like it is the last stage of the daytona 500 you have nothing else to lose oh yeah million dollars because why not nascar can do it Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Or hell, even five hundred k. Put them five. Put five hundred k on one. Who cares? It's five hundred k. Yeah, exactly. Not like any of these drivers need it, but hell, go ahead. You know, it, it 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 is what it is. But that's just how it should be. 
anyways, moving on from the clash as much as I want to talk about it and how much I don't like it, but let's hope it's going to stay the same. Doubt it though, because usually anything that comes out by Adam Stern and Bob Pockris ends up being real. It's all faces. Oh yeah, yeah you know. So, so uh, not not a subject we need to be held up on. We can just share our quick thoughts. Uh, the next gen cars ran their first major pack test uh, for two days. The last couple days, both on was it this morning or was it Wednesday and Tuesday? I believe it was Wednesday and Tuesday. Okay, we're gonna go with Wednesday and Tuesday uh, at Daytona International Speedway. We had a few drivers. We had William Byron. We had Austin Dillon. Ross Chastain, uh, Chris Busher, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., I think if I said it, uh, if I said him already, a uh, few, few other drivers, Denny Hamlin, uh, they ran their first big, t- uh, big test the last two days. And they ran a few, they, they tweaked the cars a bit throughout the, the testing sessions, uh-huh. uh, figured out what package they're going to run. Uh, I didn't read any, like, how the drivers thought about it. I didn't watch any videos. So I don't really know what the drivers thought, but from the videos that we saw, um, it looks pretty much the same. It looks pretty much the same. I still think the cars are going to be free. They're going to be able to, you know, take a beating when it comes to the, you know, the aero push and the aerodynamics of the race car. Um, it looks good. I, I really yeah. like it. I think it's going to be really nice. But you know, the the number placements, that's a whole different topic. Some of them <laughs> I like, some of them I actually do like, some of them I don't. Um, they don't look as bad, honestly. Uh, on paper like they do in real life they actually look some of them look good like i really liked austin dillon's or i really liked uh ross chastain's i thought they looked good it's okay i don't know i I mean listen i don't care i don't give a shit what anybody says give me my left side and right side door numbers i don't give it i don't give a damn yeah that's why um as much as i don't like it some of them do look cool like just like the all-star cars like eric almirola's car probably if not the best all-star car last year I want to make two points about the test itself. uh, Like the videos that we saw. Uh, First of all, um, I believe it was Chris, Chris Buescher said that it raced a lot more like an Xfinity car. And I think that's what we're looking for that like Xfinity. Like, yeah, we're looking for those more handling like driver cars. I mean, give or take though, this is going to be a sequential gearbox. It's not going to be clutch and flipping the throttle sequential gearboxes. You just upshift and downshift with, so yeah, it, it's early, but that's good news. Uh, and yeah. it's, did you did you listen to the car? Oh yeah, I heard the cars go by. I watched the onboard. The cars, sounds, the cars sound great. I love. Sounds them. awesome. Um, but I have a steamy opinion that I wanted to bring up, and I, I think I may be one of the only people to to think about this, or at least say it publicly. Um, first, there was a lot of rumors about the uh, the next gen car failing <laughs> crash testing or just not being as safe. I know Bob Pockers came out and said some things about it saying debunking some of the rumors, but ultimately saying that there needs to be some more things done with safety. Correct. Yeah. That's that's listen, so, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit though. I'm going to say that I, I really hate to say this. I wish there would have been a crash in testing because I, if, I agree. It, I agree. It, it, it should have happened, but you know, listen, this, this is my opinion right here. I know that these teams want to test these cars out, but why do we have playoff drivers going wide open in a new car that has failed crash testing going all out at Daytona? Denny Hamlin was there. Joey Logano was there. William Byron was there. God forbid they got into an accident and God forbid they got hurt. Then they don't run for a championship this season. I understand that they want these cars tested and I understand they need them tested, 
And they want Denny Hamlin's opinion. They want William Byron's opinion. They want Joey Logano's opinion. You got to understand, too, it's the manufacturers and the teams and NASCAR themselves who choose the drivers. It's not like they voluntarily said, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go down to Daytona and I'm going to test that goddamn mission. I I don't care whose idea it was. It was a bad idea. Nothing happened, thank God. But if something was to happen, they don't run for a championship. Yeah. And I think it's just silly. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We'll see, you know. I mean, there's going to be bigger pack tests, I think, for the rest of the year in some different tracks. I know we had uh, Martin Trishan and Kurt Busch run at Charlotte on the Oval and the road course together. Uh, again, um, packages to be determined. Pretty sure, though, we're sticking with a 550 horsepower package with high downforce. I think it was confirmed. It might not have been, but uh, only time will tell. We'll see next year come uh, 2022 speed weeks in the Daytona 500. Hell, maybe it might not even be speed weeks next year. It might just be speed week. So It may be speed day at this point. Yeah, it might be speed day at this point. We'll, we'll, we'll freaking see. I, I hope not. So, But, you know, like I said, Adam Stern, Bob Pockers, anything they tweet you is true. So, NASCAR, if you're listening, keep it at Daytona. I mean, yeah, please. The fans want it. Keep everything at Daytona. I, I remember, you know, being like in turning on. You know, oh, so hyped on a Saturday night. Elementary it, it was, school. You got, like you got your die cast. You were playing with your die cast, Hell drinking yeah, soda and party. I loved it. it, it the Arca like, race was earlier that night, too. Like, oh, I loved even, it. Even so, it would be like a Wednesday and they'd be practicing. Yeah. And it was just, it was awesome. I mean, that was my oh, yeah. favorite, like, 10 favorite time of the year. A uh, favorite 10 day stretch of the year. Like, the three, yeah. there wasn't any on track activity. I was so. Still is my favorite two weeks of the. Of the of the year i love i love speed weeks and it's sad that they might be declining or uh, taking it away but anyways moving on again um we are obviously now in the playoffs it is the round of 16 playoffs we are in the playoffs we are in the damn playoffs my friend and we have two two tracks coming up we have richmond and bristol um how do we think those races are going to play out Richmond, in recent years, I, I mean, I hate to say this because it's all opinion-based, but in my opinion, has been probably one of, if not like the most boring racetrack. Yeah, I agree. It used to be hardly so much any better. passing. Uh, I mean, for a short track, it's kind of laughable. I mean, that that's just my opinion. Some people may love it. Some people may go there and and, and be looking forward to this race. Um, but I I used to like ten years ago. Not now. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like. The, the 2011 uh, race to make the playoffs. Although that was a little much. I mean, there was a crash almost every lap. On serious note to all Exciting. fans, think about it. Other And don't say 2016 Richmond because that race was practically a snoozer up until the end with Carl Edwards and Kyle Busch. When was the last time you all saw a Richmond race that had battling within the last probably five years? I, honestly, I just thought of one. The last good race which just so happened to be the second year of the next gen, the 2014, I think it was the Federated All Parts 400. Uh, I was going to say, yeah. Race. Yeah, that was an insane Oregon. race. Insane uh, battle. Kenseth, they were all up there. You know, but that's also when we had that high downforce, high horsepower package, which literally everybody wants. And I like, I'm sorry, like, why can't we have the last few years just had that package? It proved to be fantastic in 2014, and they took it away from us. Like, oh, God, NASCAR. Ugh. I mean, hey, hopefully now things crossed, will change. Though. The future, the future yeah. maybe. Well, we will see. Like, I wish the next gen would be like that. But 
Um, yeah, I agree. I think Richmond, it's definitely one of the more boring short tracks, if not in argue in an argument statement. I think it is probably the, the most boring racetrack for uh, short track wise that we go to. Yeah. Um, it, it just hasn't been the same like it was 2014 and in the you know early 2010s in general and and obviously the 90s and the early 2000s i mean the early 2000s richmond was like one of the most hyped races of the year oh yeah i, I don't uh, know what being happened. the race before the playoffs it, it was insane it was it was the race before the playoffs for a reason oh my god 2011 the whole field wrecks dale jr almost doesn't make the chase and has to basically duct tape the nose and goes yeah. out there and makes it and then gets into an argument with david gillen that now like, like i said before, that's what i miss about that a little a little much that race that was even for me i like my wrecks i'm gonna i'm gonna put it out there i i think a race is incomplete if it doesn't have a good wreck in it it's part of it you know what i mean yeah but a little much that race oh yeah much when, when the race is going on for about six hours and the whole field is crashed, I mean, then oh, yeah. I have to question yourself. But still, I would rather see that than what we saw last year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I would say last year's Richmond race, the one that uh, Keselowski won, has to be one of, if not the most boring races I've ever seen. I didn't even know that Keselowski like, like, contemplated, Like contemplated turning it off. Like kind of bad. I don't do that. I'm, you know, obviously I'm a huge NASCAR. Yeah. Well, we're also NASCAR fans. We complain. We love it. We complain. We love it. No matter what, there's always going to be complaining. So, but, but you um, know what? I mean, it can't always be perfect. You know, oh, yeah. you're going to always have boring races. It's part, of the, it's part of the way it works. I mean, whether anybody wants to agree with it or not, I'm sorry, but the racing nowadays is so much better than it was 30 years ago, because you got to understand you'd have guys who went out there and dominated, you know, oh, yeah. There were guys who almost led every single lap and were leading by 15 seconds by the end of it. You know, I'm sorry. Everybody wants I mean, to complain I feel about like it. I just want early 2000s NASCAR back. That's what I want. I feel like you can't really compare. Yeah. It's just a different era. Yeah, I agree with that, too. It's, 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 it, it's like trying to say, like, like for example, some people might not know. Like, let's say, like, um, I'm trying to think of something you can compare. it. Like, like, oh, for example... You can't a perfect example because somebody mentioned it on Instagram comments the other day when they were talking let's about hear it, let's hear it. you can't compare Days of Thunder and Talladega Nights. No, you can't. That's, that's a great One is a movie. action thriller, like action packed, heart pumping, veins just jolting out of your skin, pretty much racing movie. That is what NASCAR was about in the nineties. And then you have a movie that is a practically a satire film. You know, and I and I took film, and it's just you cannot compare the two. I mean, give or take, both of those are not my favorite racing movies. I think that Rush is, I'm sorry, it's the best racing movie ever made. It's directed by Ron Howard. Come on, you know, yeah. if anybody hasn't seen it, go watch it. I think it's on Netflix right now. If it hasn't been taken off, please, please go watch it. Daniel Brule plays Nikki Lauda, and Chris Hemsworth plays uh, James Hunt. It's a fantastic movie about a rivalry that turns into a friendly rivalry and it's incredible. It's an incredible piece of film. Definitely go watch it. But anyways, um, Bristol is the next race after Richmond. Uh, it was boring last year. Sorry. Up until the last couple laps from what I saw um, when I was at wall stadium that night, I was watching the end on my phone. I was hoping that Kyle Busch was going to get to Harvick because everybody hated Harvick at that point in the season. Hey, I was hoping so too. You know, but um I mean, Bristol's Bristol. It can go boring. It can go absolutely freaking chaotic. 
Yeah, Jason, honestly, I think it's kind of hard to tell right now. I think we should probably leave it for the next episode. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's we're not going to know what the situation is until next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and it can be different predicaments. And, you know, we can have guys like Kyle Busch get himself even deeper into a hole. Chase Elliott can wreck again and be below the cut line. Then what do they do at at, at Bristol? You know, so it's, it's hard to make a call right now. Yeah. On, uh, on what to expect at Bristol. But uh, I don't know. I, you, you're, you're thinking that this round's going to be fairly calm. I mean, I, I know you keep bringing up his name, but Kyle Busch is below the cut line. I mean, he's got to do something these next two races. I mean, yes. A lot of guys below the cut line. Points, good last getting two, two top tens, that, that'll easily get him into the next round. I mean, yeah. he had a bad race at Darlington. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I mean, God forbid, what if something happens at Richmond? And then he's got it. He's got to make it exciting at, at Bristol. Yep. Well, that gives so, you the perfect opportunity start. to predict and do NASCAR Fantasy Live. Uh, this week, we have Fantasy. Uh, a lot of drivers, um, you know, uh, have a shot to win. A lot of them don't. Um, I actually, we were literally just talking about this before we started, and I was like, I haven't done Fantasy on Fantasy Live in so long. I used to do it religiously, but I'm in a different have that has eliminations. And stuff, and I got eliminated early on because this has been one of the most chaotic seasons like in years, and everybody who was predicting people and choosing people got taken out because I've been, I've been having a very good season in fantasy, Jason. I've I've made the top ten almost every week. I don't know uh, what it is. I I won fa- I won fantasy in twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. Well, there by you a go. Mile. So, I was really I'm really good at fantasy. I know who to pick and who not to pick, especially at tracks I'm really confident in. But um. Anyways, uh, hey, let's, let's Colin, Colin, uh, who do you got uh, for your starters this week? So, yeah, hey, anybody listening, you guys play fantasy? Listen, listen to me. Listen to me now. All right. I got some picks. You get five starters. You get one garage pick. Well, who are your starters before we go to the dreaded let's help we don't have to use them garage pick? So, first of all, everything is reset because it's the playoffs. You get five picks of each driver. So Kyle Larson, you get to pick him five times. Then Hamley, you get to pick him five times. Kyle Bush, five times. So we all can pick, as you know, we, we can pick any driver we want. Right yeah. Now. I think for um, the next few weeks, I think since we're doing the playoffs, you said we can only choose drivers five times. I think we're just going to go with who we're choosing. And then if anybody hasn't chosen them, oh, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm going, I'm going to go down the list on my oh, yeah. team. So I think there's one really obvious pick for this weekend, and that's definitely Denny Hamlin. Uh, Denny Hamlin is one of, if not probably the best driver at Richmond. Uh, he ha- he has been since since the beginning of his career. Uh, and momentum. He won last week. Uh, he's got nothing else to lose. He he is going to be a factor. He would have, should have, and could have won Richmond earlier this season until uh, that late race caution came out, giving Alex Bowman a great restart and the win. Uh, Denny Hamlin definitely have him in your fantasy team this weekend. Um, Joe Gibbs Racing in general is going to have a really good weekend. I'm just going to rattle down the list here. Martin Truex Jr. on my team as well. Uh, he's been incredibly stout at Richmond, incredibly fast, has some great runs, will most likely finish in the top 10, had a great run last week, probably should have, could have, would have won, uh, was very fast. Uh, make sure you have Martin Truex Jr. on your team this weekend. Uh, third pick, going to go another Joe Gibbs racing car, Kyle Busch. Below the cut line, needs to make something happen. Will most likely be up there getting stage points and battling for the win because he's below the cut line of the round of 16. This isn't the round of eight, you know? Uh, 
he it just goes to show that anybody can find themselves in in a hole so he knows he knows what he's doing he's going to go up there and he's going to be contending uh pick number four i'm going with joey logano uh joey logano has been extremely good at richmond uh i looked at the previous finishes of the last like five or six races and i he may have been in the top five for almost all of them so if you want some easy points joey logano is your guy uh, my last and final pick of my starters is going to be Kyle Larson. Let's just face it. it it's Kyle Larson. Uh, I, I don't really know what else to say there. I mean, he has just been dominant this season. He has a win at Richmond. One win, right, Jason? Uh, e- uh, yeah, it was 2017, I believe. Yeah, so he has a win there. Uh and, and it's just it's just his season right now. It, it's looking like it's his season and coming off second place at, at Darlington, I think uh you know Kyle Larson, you gotta have him on your team. So I'm gonna run down this list one more time. We got Denny Hamlin, Martin Tricks Jr., Kyle Bush, Joey Logano, and Kyle Larson. Now we got that garage pick, Jason. And it's not really a dreaded pick because this is the guy who can help you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let let's say one of these guys wrecks out. In stage two, well, we, we bring our garage pick in, and th- this pick may be a little surprising. We're going to go with Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch has been sneaky good at Richmond, has a couple wins, and Kurt Busch has been sneaky good this season. He's had a very good season so far, especially right about now towards the end of the regular season going into the playoffs. I believe Kurt Busch, if I'm not wrong, is seated right now currently in fourth in the, in the standings. Uh, checking it right now. Uh, As the playoff right standing stand right now, Kurt Busch at the final four were today. Yes, he is in. He he is fourth in the standings. I don't think people are talking about that enough. Kurt Busch is having a great season. Yeah, definitely one of the more better ones for him this season. Just on um, that deal with, with 23-11, I mean, he's feeling good. Oh, he's going to fly next season, I think. Oh, yeah, he's he's doing great. Uh, Kurt, Kurt Busch is definitely a guy to keep your eye on this weekend. So that's it. That's my fantasy team. Uh, hopefully... Hopefully I do good this this week. Hopefully if we have any listeners and you guys play fantasy, you can take some uh, take some notes from that. I'm yeah. I'm pretty good. I'm not going to take yeah. my own or anything. But I'm we good. also have the bonus picks, but we're not. I'm not even going to bother doing those because let's face it, nobody cares about them. It's all about your starters in your garage. That is the sole core of fantasy. Well, exactly, and you know you you get to pick like your top Chevy driver unlimitedly. Uh, little little cheat. Yeah. Little little life hack for you guys. When you pick your top Chevy driver, always pick Kyle Larson. Oh yeah, just pick Kyle Larson. Alrighty. Well, I'm gonna go with my starters and my garage pick. Um, so here we go. Uh, this is it. my first usage of him because, like I said, I have not done fantasy in the last year and a half. So this is my first time doing it. What a great time to do it in the playoffs. I'm not in any leagues. I'm just wow. doing it for this podcast. Uh, podcast. So. Uh, starting in the first position this weekend, I am going to choose Kyle Larson. Obviously, like you said, it is Kyle Larson. Who wouldn't choose Kyle Larson on your fantasy team? You are blind. You are blindsided if you do not try to uh, choose Kyle Larson this week. The man has been on a mission to win this championship and redeem himself after his dreaded N-word bomb last season and ultimately <laughs> ending his uh, career at the time. And who knew that you know 
saying that, you know, he knew he was going to end up at Hendrick and here he is now. And he's he about to win this championship. If everything goes to plan, like that five team Hendrick Motorsports wanted to. So definitely put Kyle Larson on your fantasy. He has a win. He is fairly solid at Richmond. He's not the best, but statistically he is solid driver. Second uh, starter uh, usage. Uh, it's my first one uh, starting in alongside him. The man who beat him out last weekend. I'm going to choose Denny Hamlin. Like you said, statistics show Denny Hamlin, probably, if not, other than Joe Gibbs Racing's Kyle Busch, probably the best driver here at Richmond. Uh, mm-hmm. It's his home state. Uh, he tends to be really good at both Martinsville and Richmond, two of his home tracks. Has a few wins here. Just coming off a fresh win at Darlington, first of the season for him. Why not? Why not go with him? He's starting up front. He's going to be there. Denny Hamlin has been consistent sometimes this season, and he's proving it now that he is ready to he's ready to tango. He is ready to go, and he is not going to give up easily. So definitely put Denny Hamlin on your fantasy team, in my opinion. Uh, third, I have another Joe Gibbs driver. No, it is not Kyle Busch, believe it or not, is going to be the number 20 of Christopher Bell. It's my first usage for him starting in the 10th position. Bell has been creeping on the field recently. He has been insane since his win at Daytona. He had that win, was mediocre. Now, uh, through the summer stretch into now, into the fall slash upcoming winter month uh, after November, um, he is doing good right now after the summer swing. Uh, I don't see why you shouldn't put him on the fantasy team. He's been good. He's solid at Richmond. I believe he has a Xfinity win here. Um and it's on a package that he genuinely likes. He finished second to Eric Almirola and almost won the race at uh, New Hampshire uh, last time we ran the package on a oval track, I believe. And he's a solid pick, so why not go with another Joe Gibbs Racing driver? Next, I have it's my first usage for him as well. He's starting in the 14th position, Mister uh, the career that started on a computer, William Byron. <laughs> William has been up there as well. Uh, Got that win earlier in the season at Homestead. He's been very solid recently. Almost won Michigan by basically a car length over Ryan Blaney if he would have got him right there. And Blaney beat him out by a car length at Michigan. He's been there. He's been very solid, folks. He is he is a sleeper. I'm telling you, William Byron might just get to the round of eight this coming season. And he might he, – who knows? He could be an underdog. Um, and for my last pick – Uh, in my starters, it is Eric Almirola. Uh, He won at New Hampshire. Uh, He's been very good at Richmond, Uh, at least in the last season. I believe it's the only stats that I've seen uh, from now to uh, back in the spring. He finished in the top 10, I believe. Uh, Why not? He seems like he's been doing very good with the 750 uh, low downforce package. I don't see why not to choose him. He seems to be the only one at Stuart Haas doing very good right now. Uh, Kevin Harvick's kind of just sleeping around. He has his moments, but Eric Almirola has been class in the field over with Stuart Haas. He's the only one to get them a win this season. So put him on the fantasy team. And my garage pick, I am going to go with Kurt Busch's teammate, Ross Chastain, the man who we talked about who came oh so close to winning his first career race just one week ago almost. The man has been on a mission to get that first career win, and he may just do it before the end of the season, folks. He has been showing that he is a driver who belongs in this sport, who belongs at the top level. And next year being at Trackhouse, he is trying to prove a point saying, hey, I can win at Trip Ganassi Racing Equipment. I'm going to win for Trackhouse next year. Definitely look out for Ross Chastain. He starts in the seventh position while Eric Allen starts in ninth. 
uh, this coming weekend. But that is our fantasy picks, folks. I hope you enjoyed them. Um, it's definitely going to be an interesting one. Uh, we'll have to see how everything plays out. Again, you only get five usages of uh, each driver throughout the playoffs, so you can only choose Kyle Larson five times out of the uh, ten races that are in the playoffs. Give or take, this is my first week, so nine races. But uh, definitely set your fantasy lineup and definitely take some of our advice. We know our stuff, and uh, who knows? You may just be able to cash in and maybe win something this weekend or have bragging rights at the end of the weekend. Heck, yeah. Yeah, so fantasy should be good. So before we end our very first episode of the NAS Time podcast that I've been wanting to do for so long, which we'll talk about in a minute, we're going to go with our number one pick this weekend at Richmond. Uh, I've had mine since probably yesterday. Colin, who are you choosing to win this weekend on Saturday night at Richmond? Oh, boy. Uh yeah, it's it's a tough one because it could be any of these five drivers that I that I listed. Um, I think Joey Logano. I think Joey Logano gets it done. Why is that? He he's just been so good at Richmond. He I mean he has a win there. I believe it's only one win, maybe two. One encumbered win. But but hardly ever finished. <laughs> oh, the cucumber win. Hardly ever finished outside the top five. Um. Penske was so good there last season. So good there in this race last season. Uh, Brad Keselowski ultimately won. Brad Keselowski does not have it this season. I don't know what it is. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Sad to see him. Distracted from his uh, deal with Roush. If he's just, you know, getting old and he's getting washed up, I'm not sure what it is. He doesn't have it. And Logano's performance has been consistent. Obviously doesn't have the wins. Um, but Logano, I feel like, has been better going to attract the likes. Uh, we're in the playoffs now. Logano is a fairly clutch driver when it comes to playoffs and whatnot, so I think Logano gets it done. Uh, well, I'm going to go with his 2019 Martinsville rival. I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said about the fantasy picks, Denny Hamlin is just the man right now other than Kyle Larson. I think he can challenge Kyle Larson for this championship. Yeah, he won one race, but if you really look at it, look at Denny Hamlin. He's choked away practically three championships. Denny Hamlin knows what he has to do. And, you know, with 23-11 racing and all the issues he's been having recently with, uh, you know, his relationship status, not going to get into that, none of my business. But, <laughs> you know, everybody saw the drama that happened this past week on Twitter. Um but Denny Hamlin is a great, great pick for me uh, at Richmond. I mean, he's got it done before. He's he's just dominant. And Joe Gibbs Racing is probably, if not, the best team other than Penske there at that racetrack. So look right. out for Denny Hamlin to go for another home state uh, victory this weekend and uh, continue on his momentum's, uh, momentum into the round of 16, uh, heading into the round of 12 after Bristol. Oof. You know, I just got a vision in my head, Jason. We got Joey Logano. We've got Denny Hamlin, and we've got a short track. So we could be in for <laughs> short track racing. Well, we we could be in for a treat this week. It's short track racing. <laughs> short track racing. <laughs> short track racing. Man, hey, Jason. I, that's so amazing. Jason, you're you're a lifelong Dale Jr. fan. Are you excited for Saturday afternoon? Oh my God! Actually, I completely forgot about that. And how, it, how do you think he's gonna do? I'm actually, I will actually not be able to watch that race, sadly. I will be up, I am, because my birthday is this weekend, I will be up 
uh, on Saturday. My birthday is the 12th. I'm the 9-11 day after, baby. I am going <laughs> I am going up to RPM Raceway up in Jersey City. I'm go, uh, Jersey City. Shitty. Wow. Jersey City. I'm going go-karting with uh, uh, my friend Kenny Brady. And I'm going with G, my girlfriend. And then afterwards, we're going to Liberty State Park to see the memorial outside the city. And then we're going to Wall Stadium that night. So I'm going to miss both races, sadly. But I'll be oh. able to watch on my phone. I'm always I, – I never try to miss a race. I'm always on my phone. I've never, yeah. never – I have never, ever not watched a race at all it, since I was, like, probably, like, 12. I'm always watching. Yeah, I've unfortunately what, missed so. a good good few this season. Yeah. No matter what. I don't care if it's work. I don't care if it's a test. I'm watching it. It's my life, so. Yeah. But it is what it is. I'm hoping. I mean, Dale Jr. is really good at Richmond. He could pull it off, and I and I have his last fi- his quote final win ever in his career right now. I have the Richmond Xfinity diecast that he won with with the Hellman's uh, uh, backpack uh, banana mayo, uh, mayo sandwich car. Um, yeah, yeah, I have that thing. It's really cool. It's it's going up for a good price too. It's because of how rare it is. I mean, any junior wins going for a good price nowadays, other than like some Talladega wins and stuff like that, but. I mean, hopefully he can get it done. I love the speed. I he has a good I, I, he's back in the eight car at Richmond, which he was always so good at. Um, so who knows? It, Dale Jr. might be able to do it, but you know he's gonna have to knock the rust off. But he's shown that it doesn't matter. He could start fifteenth and he'll finish in the top five. He's gonna so, have to beat some really good drivers, though. I mean, oh yeah, Cindric in the field. His drivers are gonna be very stout. I mean, oh yeah, it's gonna be easy. Is Ty Gibbs racing this weekend? Uh, actually, I'm gonna check that before we sign off. Yeah, here. yeah, we should we, we should check that. I'm gonna look while, while cool. you're checking that. I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Frank in my in my communications class. Uh, th- this kid who I just met today uh, follows me on Instagram. He's wearing a, a Chase Elliott shirt in class, and I walked up to him. I said, "I don't like your sweatshirt," and he said, "Yeah, why not?" And I'm like, "I'm a Kyle Busch fan," and he's like, "I don't like your opinion." <laughs> And we got to talk, and we're literally the same exact person. So shout out to Frank. He said he was going to listen to this podcast. That's awesome. Well, he sounds like a good dude, man. But, really- uh, yes, Ty Gibbs is racing this weekend. He will be racing. Ty Gibbs is going to be the most aggressive driver and then complain about finishing second, yet he literally needs to understand that it's so early in his career. But oh, that's but the topic for another day. He's, he's phenomenally talented. Oh, I he know is. he is. I know he is. I'm not saying he's He is on his way to many – Championships. I don't know what series yet, but he's on his way to many championships. Arca. <laughs> yeah, well, for, yeah, first the Arca Championship, and then he's yeah. full time next season in Xfinity, and then yeah. I don't know. Trey's getting old. I don't know, but it will see. But anyways, um, that is all we have for today, folks. Uh, we we hope you enjoyed our very first episode. Uh, this was more of less a test run, but it's definitely going to be posted. Um, we tried to plan this all out. We scripted topics to talk about, so we had something to talk about. Because last time, I kind of really I did I tried a couple podcasts or a couple podcast episodes with one of my friends, Dom. Uh, I think it was I kind of like felt a little bit rushed. We had a little bit of time here, but we tried to make it work, and it looks like it's working. You know, we started off very nervously. I felt, but uh. We're yeah. talking about what we love. You know, this is what we want to do. You know, Colin wants to be a journalist in the sport. I want to be a sports broadcaster. I feel like I have a good voice. Colin's a very good writer. Got a very good following on Instagram at NASCAR time. I do on my personal and both uh, that and just the following in general. I keep myself, I keep quiet to myself. But when it comes down to NASCAR, I tend to speak my opinion. I love it. It's my life. Um, so welcome to NASCAR time, folks. This will be a Heck weekly yeah. podcast. 
Uh, hopefully we will go into next season too. We're definitely most likely, uh, we are definitely most likely uh, doing the next few weeks. We just did Darlington. So we'll do a review uh, after uh, every race, even after Homestead, Homestead. Oh my God. I wish it was Homestead after Phoenix. <laughs> we'll do it. So just want to say thank you all so much for listening. It means so much to us. This is something that I've wanted to do for so long. I've wanted to speak a voice, especially with a good friend of mine. I've known Colin for practically seven years. Yes, uh, we live only 45 minutes apart, met on Instagram, all this Xbox league racing, you know, like we all used to or still do. Jason, I want, I want to just for, for any viewers that we have, Jason is the best, the absolute best Xbox league racer. In yeah. the- well, I Anybody don't, I do not even really race on Xbox anymore. It's all about that iRacing now, and I'm still getting the hang of it. I'm only this, about this half man has lapped me so many times. It's terrible. He is well, so good. I don't know. Maybe when Ignition Boyer Cup Series champion. Yeah. Maybe when Ignition comes out, maybe if they do an esports series, but they're going to have to do private lobbies. They'll fix that eventually because there's no I way. Th- I think you would definitely make it. Uh, I, yeah. So we'll see how, how it all plays out, folks. But, anyways, Thank you guys so much again for listening into the podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, let it, let us know what you think, you know, uh, make sure to follow us on whatever platform this goes on. I'm, I, I have to edit this thing and everything, and I still don't know what it's going to be put on. Probably going to be Spotify, maybe Apple music, who knows, you know, but I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, Colin appreciates, you know, everything too. Um, it means the world to us for you guys listening. And, and wanting to hear what we have to say about the sport that we all love and care for and treat it like it's family. You know, it, it's our lives. It's what we want to do. So um, thank you guys so much for listening in and yes, we can't wait to do future episodes. Yes. I think we're good today, Jason. I think I got, I got a lot of hope for this. Absolutely. Well guys, thank you all for listening thank and you. we'll see you next time after Richmond next week. We'll see you next time. See you later.